Welcome to the special episode of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast sponsored by Caterer.com and hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. In our bonus episodes, we like to mix things up, so for this episode, we enlisted the help of three of our members to give their thoughts on what they believe lies ahead for us all in 2022. Despite all the gloom in the world, our guests really brought the positivity and passion, and there's definitely enough in here to whet your positive appetite. So to find out what 2022 has in store, let's get to it. Hello and welcome to this special episode of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast sponsored by Caterer.com and hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. Today, in a slight break from the norm, we're conducting a look-ahead chat with three more wonderful human beings from within the IOH membership. In this chat, we'll be finding out what each of our guests anticipate, what we can all look forward to in the year ahead. So, first up... From within the fellowship, we have the ever fabulous and ever so slightly mischievous Andrew Coney. Good morning, Phil. Good to be back. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really. Was that good. fair? Yeah, totally. And in fact, when you said we're going to have some fabulous people on this call, um, I thought you'd say and Andrew Coney. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that for next time. Actually, I realised that this is your second special, so that must make you very special. Oh, that's touching. I must uh, must thank you for that. Please do, yeah, absolutely. I don't think you mean a word of it, but there you go. <laughs> uh, you and me and sarcasm, I seem to recall, are uh, is a bit of a problem. But anyway, <laughs> how are you anyway? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's great to be sort of sensing that uh, business is bouncing back and uh, you know, it's great to be busy. Uh, but there are a lot of challenges that we're facing uh, that... Uh, after three lockdowns, we're now we're now sort of very optimistic about the future, really, really driving hard. Uh, but the, the, there's undoubtedly uh, some fresh challenges coming our way. Yeah, absolutely. And for people out there, I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit more depth. But for people out there who are unaware of who you are and what you do, just give us a kind of brief snapshot of, of your life. Uh, well, I'm Andrew Coney. I'm general manager of the Harry Hotel here in uh, Belgravia in London. It's an 85-bedroom hotel. It was voted number one hotel in the UK by uh, TripAdvisor. And uh, it's, uh, it's a... Was fabulous... that before you arrived? <laughs> <laughs> We're two minutes resist. into this call. We're two minutes into the call and it's sarcasm still. It's already started. Wow. Uh, sorry, I can't resist. But um, no, that was very evil of me. I do beg your pardon and broke, broke you uh, up as you were going. Uh, carry on, please. Uh, so it's no secret I've been around for a long time. And uh, whether that's made me wise, I'm not so sure. Uh, but uh, yes, I've got a lot of experience in, in hospitality. And, and right now, I think in, in my twilight years in, 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 in the business, I'm, uh, I'm trying to give back as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And despite my demeanor, I think you're a legend. And um, uh, everything that you, you do, you're absolutely a positive voice for this industry. And I take back everything negative that I've ever said about you. Uh, can I give you my wife's number? Because some of the things you just said, I really need her to have told to her. <laughs> By all means, absolutely. But no, you're you're very, very welcome. And I appreciate you, you taking spell, time. How do you spell legend again? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E, uh, I believe. Um, anyway, this is turning into the Andrew and Phil show. Beg your pardon, everyone. No, you're very, very welcome, Andrew. And um, hopefully people can appreciate that uh, that you and I have some experience together. Um, but, but there we are. 
Yes, and next, and also from the, the fellowship, and uh, this time all the way from India, we have the brilliant Virat Varma. Welcome to the show. Hello, Phil. Good afternoon to everybody. How are you doing? I'm fine. Things are looking up, and uh, weather-wise, otherwise we had a pretty severe winter, so we're okay. Got you. What, uh, what does a, a severe winter look like in India? Oh, it was uh, <laughs> about two degrees, three degrees, in Delhi at least, I'm talking about. De- De- Delhi houses are made for summer, not for, not for winter. So we, right. uh, for us, two degrees centigrade is a qu- quite a low temperature. Right, got you. Um, what do you do, Virat, if you can tell everybody what, what you get up to out there? Sadly, I'm a professional, I'm a hotelier. I've been in the industry for a long time. At the moment, I'm working as a consultant for the last 20 years. I have worked in various capacities in India. My last operational job was opening a Regent Hotel, the first Regent Hotel in India, in Mumbai, Bombay. And uh, since then, I've, I've been back to consultancy. In early days, I was heading a consultancy firm which was affiliated with Panel K Foster. We worked, we did a lot of hotels in India at that time. And since 2003, I've been doing it on my own. And um, it's a very exciting field. Um, I get all the time to create new concepts, new restaurants, work with people, building new hotels. And that's very exciting. Fantastic. Yeah, that does sound interesting. I'm, I'm uh, very excited to have you on the show today because I, I, I think it's important that we, we get a rounded view of, of what's going on. Sometimes we can, uh, obviously, we're the rest of us are all based in the UK and we can get a very, I suppose, centred view of things around what's happening on our own doorstep. But it's to, to get an international viewpoint, I think, is um, is really, really useful. So I, I'm, I'm very grateful for you giving up your time to, to join us for this today. Thank you. And two fellows as well. I heard a saying once that two fellows don't make a right. Is that right? Um, except there's three because I'm a fellow as well. So actually that doesn't even work. Anyway, I'm going I'm to move on quickly. And last but by no means least, and from within our associate ranks, we have the wonderful Jess Oliver. Welcome, Jess. Hello. Um, so, so pleased to be here this morning with you all. Bless you. Yes. Uh, you and I met at uh, well, a couple of networking events, actually. I've always admired you are definitely uh, you've got positive energy you're and that's why you're here today we need that positive energy for the the look ahead for for the year ahead oh thank you so much for saying that yeah I'm I'm excited to be within the uh, hospitality industry at the moment I think it is a really exciting time to be within the uh, hospitality industry as it's um moving up the ranks I definitely think yeah Absolutely. And uh, I do appreciate that. I've also just put you under pressure to be eminently positive for the rest of the chat now. So uh, I apologise for that. Just tell everybody what what you do, Jess. Um, So I'm a front of house manager at a conference centre in Hertfordshire called Highley. Um, So we've got 168 bedrooms. Um, We can have up to about six different events in at the same time or one uh, big event that takes exclusive use of the whole property. Uh, so, yeah, um, with the world bouncing back, I have uh, definitely been keeping very, very busy, but really enjoying uh, being back to normal, normal business. Fantastic. 
No, that's great. And you're you're very, very welcome. And again, I appreciate you giving up your time today in what is a, a busy schedule that you have. Great. Well, if I'll come back to you then, Andrew, and just a very quick kind of overview as to why you said I'm into the Institute of Hospitality. Um, it's interesting because I've, I've tended to sort of take a back seat on uh, membership of organisations and sort of focus very much on the local immediate community. But uh, as I said in the introductions, I felt that having taken and earned so much in terms of information and knowledge over the years, I wanted to give something back. And I thought the Institute was a great conduit for doing that. And uh, I'm a relatively new member. I've only been a member for a a matter of uh, recent years. Um, but I've taken a, up a, a good kind of connection with with Robert, Robert, the chief yeah. executive, and uh, we seem. And I don't want him to hear this, so I'm sure he doesn't listen. But uh, I, I think, <laughs> in terms of where the where the industry is right now and where it needs to connect with a much younger audience, he's he's absolutely the right person, and I think he's doing sterling work in reaching out and not just within the obvious hospitality community but out into education and also out into other aspects of hospitality that we sometimes overlook um you know whether it's sporting venues it's prisons or it's yeah you know all, all sorts of other aspects of hospitality that uh, i think are, are just as important and uh, as as i think we, we, we approach a, a kind of new dawn. It, it, it's great to have a very energetic person driving it forward. And uh, that's why I'm in. I, I, I just want to participate and, and, and give whatever I can back. Yeah, no, good on you. And uh, to be clear, uh, Robert does not write any of the scripts for anybody. That was a genuine comment, I think. Definitely he has no input uh, in that. And I, I can't. we can't get through a, one of these podcasts without an outpouring towards that man. But I, I do completely agree with you. I think he has uh, he's changed the energy towards it and critically, I think, is is covering off a lot of areas that have not been covered off in the past. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm making no criticism of the past. You know, I just think times, times are changing very rapidly. Uh, yeah. And therefore, you know, Robert's arrival is, is really relevant. And uh, I'm very happy to support him in whatever way I can. And uh, boy, does he take it! You know, he, he'll uh, he'll pass uh, all sorts of tasks and uh, initiatives on, and tell tell me to get on with it. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that the truth? No, that's great. And uh, and Virat, and if I can ask you why you said I'm in to the, the Institute of Hospitality, knowing full well that you very recently did uh, a kind piece for the uh, the fellows broadsheet. Well, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be anyway involved with the uh, Institute of Hospitality because um, you people are doing such a great job in England and I have been trying for long, many, many years to somehow open India chapter, but somehow, it, you know, we go a long way and then it stops there. They, we can do with a institute like that in India. I Actually, I look forward once you know, we are doing so well otherwise to have a chapter opening up in India and looking into the Indian hotel industry. It's a very exciting time for us at the moment. We are doing great things in hospitality. And uh, surprisingly, you know, we would like to see more of European hospitality getting involved with, with Indian hospitality because they are the closest to what we believe in. 
Yeah, well, I, you know, I think that you you guys have two of the the most wonderful brands, just two that come spring to mind, Taj and Oberoi, that you know are are international brands in themselves. And the, the um, I've been lucky enough to to stay in a, a Taj in Dubai, and yeah, it's I completely hear you in terms of just having a cross section of knowledge from territory to territory uh, can just just take things up to uh, a whole different level. Yes. Yeah, great. Okay, and Jess, why did you say I'm in to the Institute of Hospitality? So when I was at university, um, we got given, obviously, memberships as part of uh, being students at university. And then I went on to my uh, first job. And then we equally got given company-sponsored memberships. And I'd never really got too involved in Institute Institute of Hospitality. Kind of knew what it was, but didn't really get involved. And then Mm. during the first lockdown, um, I got involved in Coffee and Conversations, which is when I first really started getting involved in the work that um, the Institute of Hospitality do and really started enjoying that as a normal thing that I got to do every single Thursday morning. And then from beyond that, I then got a mentor through the Mentor Me scheme, um, which was really beneficial um, to try and see where I wanted to go. And then obviously now we're obviously getting back to normal. Obviously, I've been really enjoying like the networking opportunities. I've been really enjoying um, the above and beyond events, um, all the different events. I've managed to go to every single one so far, which has been really good. Um, So yeah, I just like the really getting involved and being a part of something. Yeah, I, I completely hear you. It's it's exactly the same for me. And I, actually, there's a little bit of a connection with you all there in terms of all of the reasons you said I, I'm in. I can completely relate to Andrew with the giving back, you with the, the networking and mentoring, and Vera with that kind of collaboration mindset. I think it's all there for the IOH. The building blocks are in play. It needs its its members to, to play their part. And, um, you know, I, I think it, there's definitely a... An uplift in activity um, in that in that field, and it's um, there's many reasons why I'm in. Um, I think I've been quite clear on these in the past, but um, no, that's great. Well, I think it's time to get cracking with our our look ahead. So I, I think we could all agree that the last two years have been globally challenging, but equally, I'm sure they've taught us an awful lot. So how can we look ahead to opportunities and build the future that we want and um, if I come to you, Andrew, first of all, kind of before we get into that, what are you kind of seeing right now? What's going on that you that gives you kind of reason for hope? Um, I think the rapid bounce back after every successive lockdown, um, our businesses bounce back very rapidly. And uh, I would say January and February were tough. But by the middle of February, we were starting to see some very, very strong signals that corporate travel was was returning and here we are at the very beginning of march i was full last night i'm full tonight um wow. it's a very broad mixture of of visitors uh, it was london fashion week last week and london was was busy uh this week it would appear to be as i say a very broad mix of of, of visitors leisure guests are coming back so you know if you if you'd asked me that question a, a year or so ago i was totally dependent on staycation business uh, and yeah. I am now, and uh, it, the, the whole geographic demographic of our business has uh, has completely shifted again. And really pleasing to see that the the US is starting to send uh, people back over again. We've uh, we've got uh, that, that's usually the most difficult market to sort of restore faith with. And uh, yeah, they're, they're they're coming back again, which is which is brilliant. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's the thing. For me, it also demonstrated just how important hospitality is to everyone. You know, the 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 way it's bounced back, and and it's. I think the last few years has probably really honed into people that actually, you know, we enjoy going out for food. We enjoy going away and experiencing new places. And hospitality is obviously massively centered to that. I think depriving people of hospitality uh, is a very clear signal of, 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 of the impact it has upon the, the, the broad population. Mm. In as much as, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about mental well-being and, and not being able to go out and meet friends, not being able to go to restaurants and bars, not being able to go for a weekend break or a long holiday. And traveling overseas is a really big one. I mean, I haven't been overseas since January 2020. And I've got a trip planned, a business trip planned in, a, in just over a week's time. And at yeah. long last, you know, we're all starting to get back out there. And uh, hospitality sits very much in the center of that. You know, whether it is business or leisure, uh, it, 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 it fuels people's sort of animation about getting back to normality. Yeah. Absolutely, I could not agree with you more. And um, and Virat, what's uh, what's what's going on in the world in uh, in India at the moment? Well, we are nearly back to normal, except we still have to get inbound coming in, which is stopped because of international flights are not allowed. But otherwise, the domestic travel, which has doubled nearly in all areas, we are in sixties in occupancy basis. Right, uh, era average room rates are quite good. Uh, not as good as 19, uh, 2019, but uh, I feel by end of the year and within a month or two, if the international travel starts, we'll be back to normal too, uh, uh, 2019. And maybe next year, we will see the biggest boom of our life. Right, yeah. My take on uh, COVID is when this happened, uh, uh, the the economy was doing well worldwide. Nobody was in crisis financially. And people had money. And we all got stuck in houses. We didn't know what to do. You will also see one of the biggest outbound from India once the international travel starts. Because uh, Indians are great travelers. They love going out of the country on holidays and everything. So yeah. we are not short of money. People have money. People have resources. They want holidays and they can't go. On a weekend, you can't get a room in any of the hotels. And this is all domestic travel. The people right. living in the cities go to the hotels and stay, use uh, F&B aggressively. Our restaurants are doing well. I think another month will be, as far as food and beverage is concerned, will be better than 2019. Because uh, the way uh, people are feeling the need for relaxation and good time. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, showing how important hospitality is to, to people's lives just generally. And, and I, that's really, really encouraging the fact that you guys are already doing quite well and you don't have inbound travel yet. So I can see that that would be, uh, a, a, if business levels are good already, uh, Bring that back and you've got reasons to be cheerful. You see, Delhi gets about 30% of their occupancy, 30 to 35% of their occupancy from inbound. Right. So you can imagine that if you're doing 60% and another 35% coming from inbound, so you're sold out. 
So once we are sold out, then only our average room rate can go up. So the average room rate is getting affected because the hotels still have few rooms left. But they're all doing well. They're all making money. There's a good GOP. There are exceptions to the rule. There are few hotels might not be doing well. But otherwise, as far as the hospitality industry is concerned in India, we are nearly back to normal. Yeah. No, that's great. And um, and Jess, what are, what about within the world of, uh, of conferencing and events? Um, so what I'm seeing is people are just so keen to be getting back to in-person events, uh, being together and having that in-person experience. Obviously, I have seen a lot more people talking about um, Zooming and hybrid events. However, that's more for the minority than the majority, where it's just the odd person can't make the event. So can we can we stream it as well? But I'm, I'm having people call me up going, can we bring 50 extra people? And I'm going, really sorry, but you can't. But people are just so keen just to be together and just have those in-person experiences. Um, and I've just been seeing that from like all of our groups. And it just seen, it's just been going up and up. Yeah. And I think that's that's hugely encouraging as well, because in a, a situation like like this, I, I suppose, when you're bringing lots of people together in one space to, to do one thing, as it were, that's from a health perspective is probably the last piece of the the jigsaw really in terms of people's comfort with being in the same space with lots of other people. Yeah, definitely. So when we first reopened, obviously people were still being a lot more wary of each other. Whereas obviously in the last even few months, you just see people just arrive and they're literally like throwing themselves on each other, hugging each other. Like people are just like so keen to be together and have that in-person experience and just, just be together really. Yeah. Absolutely. But Phil, Phil you, you find quite the opposite when you go into hotels. People tend to sort of run in the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, oh, you you were in that room as well, right? I, I, now I understand. Um, yeah. Uh, no, very good. I, I totally deserved that from earlier on. So I, I salute you for, for payback. Um, absolutely. We'll call it quits now, yeah? Yeah. I was talking to somebody else about you the other day, Andrew, about uh, how mischievous you are. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's a, it's actually a wonderful quality to have, especially in a hospitality environment, um, you know, is, is to, to test the boundaries of mischief. I, I think this, the worst possible scenario is that um, we take ourselves too seriously. And particularly when you start getting into the luxury sector, that people think everything needs to be very precious and uh, and hush hush. And I I think mischief plays a very strong part in hospitality. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's possibly a lesson from the last couple of years, just in in terms of you know previously before it was it, there was this huge huge and in some instances in business it's absolutely prevalent that this is the case but it's all about the pound signs and it's not actually about the experiences and the things that we actually create and the reason hospitality exists in the first place it almost got got too serious and I, you know i i definitely it's important in business to make money otherwise there's no business but at the same time we can't forget why we're here if you don't personalize the experience uh, and it's an increasing trend, if you don't personalize to just about every individual, then people think you're taking them for granted. And there's, there's, no, there's no element of fun about hospitality if it's just a standardized check-in and, uh, uh, and, and you kind of routinely pushed around the building. Uh, so I think that's the way we're going, that, that, that sense of personalization 
and if mischief can creep into that, and I don't think that's a word that I want people to misunderstand and think that we're, we're misbehaving. It's just an element of, you know, guests walking into a room and a wry smile appears on their face because you've done something for them that just makes them think, that's that's fun. I like that. It's a little different. Yeah. I've never seen that before. Yeah. In Indian hotel, one thing which has been bothering me is uh, we learned a lesson that we can run hotel with a 50% of the manpower. In our country, the biggest strength in the hotel industry is the quality of service which we provide. When you go to England or America, certain things are taken for granted, you know, that you're not going to get this service or there will not be a porter available. You have to carry your own baggage. In India, everything matters. Now, because of that, the owners are finding their gross operating profit going off because they're doing everything with a 50% of manpower. But the quality of service is getting affected. I mm. this is note, I've noticed in some of the good hotels also. So I've been very vocal about it and I've been telling them that you have to come back to uh, with a better quality of service. And what we have learned in hygiene, that has to stay which will make India much more attractive destination for people to come in. Otherwise, um, the simple story is that anybody who's going to India, he's going to get sick because he's going to eat something like that. But this is not happening now because fortunately, hygiene is taken care in very minute details in the hotels and the restaurant industry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, that point about... Um... Uh, operating profits going up, obviously, because manpower cost is going down. That's very, it's a very short term view. Yes. Uh, I think, uh, it, you know, to, to go down that route, I, you know, yes, you can make some more money, but ultimately, as you said, that will affect service, which will affect your reviews and your ratings, and that will go down. You can't charge as much as you used to be able to, and it's a vicious cycle downwards. Whereas, in actual fact, if you're really focusing on as Andrew says, the individual experience and the the things that people really connect with and re- remember about their trips and stays with you, then you know it's the reverse. You can put your rates up over time, you know, and and so that operating profit comes. Mm. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, hospitality remains one of the the biggest employers of people in the world. Yes, you know, and um, we can't, you know, I think that's a massive part of of today's business now is actually it's yes the guest experience is hugely important but also what is the team experience what are they experiencing that makes them want to come and work in this industry in the first place and stay when they when they're in and that's um the the value that that can have in your business i think is huge but you wouldn't necessarily see that you know in the next six months or a year even, you've got to play the long-term view with that, that that will pay dividends in, in the long term. It is true. So that was a bit of a rant there. Let's uh, let's bring it back. Jess, um, what's, would, what have been the lessons that you've kind of taken from, from the last couple of years that will help you kind of move forward? Um, so one of the things I've, I've really seen is just to take every opportunity that comes along. I think obviously being, obviously lockdown and having the chance to just see obviously without having the chance to do the opportunities these days if someone invites me to a networking opportunity somebody invites me to an event I'm like yeah I'm going like it's not like oh I might be tired I might be this it's like nope I'm going and it's equally pushed me to to aim higher and be like 
wow, there are so many opportunities in the hospitality industry. Like, where where can I go next? What can I do next? And like, with what Andrew was saying about experiences, like, I'm like constantly trying to bring in new experiences for our guests. I'm like, right, what can we do to make the experience good? Like, one of the things I've I, I'd seen it within the industry was the thing where you get one of those white whiteboard markers and you can write on guest mirrors for like special occasions so I'm not popular with my housekeeping manager at all uh, but I've started (laughs) doing that and it's one of those things that the guests just love because it's a personalized touch it's handwritten and they they see it as soon as they walk into their room and they're like they're like wow like and it's just I think it's all things like that um just like giving people those experiences and those memorable moments because that's what people remember at the end of the day is memories yeah absolutely is that almost like a a kind of a return to a, a basic mentality towards this because I think a lot of time I remember when I started out in my hospitality career uh, working on board cruise ships we used to ha- do lots and lots of little touches extras that gradually over time started get taken away and you know because there were cost-based decisions and um, and and these sorts of things and I'm talking about simple things like you know that a little mint chocolate on the pillow uh, on the turndown service and then laterally turndown service got got taken away and you know all of these sort of little bits and pieces that just make a, a a massive massive difference get taken away am i right with this andrew do you think is there this almost a return to basic hospitality yes i do i think um a lot of things have been stripped out over the years and uh, it's a pretty damning indictment on 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 hospitality as a whole that we've been so cost focused and you're absolutely absolutely right phil that when you say that uh, there's a correlation between creating an experience and then the rate you can charge we see that day in day out that uh, the, the more people learn that when they come here for example you know there's a we, we have something that we call this stories to inspire so we i think i've told you before positively stalk our guests so we do this thing yeah. where we, we go into their, their social media, we go into their website, we, we look up at whatever we can and find out about them that we can then create some kind of experience here that shows that we actually do know who you are, uh, but without being creepy about it. And it's just it's something that, uh, you know, that maybe they love sailing. So when they come into the room, there's a, a sailing magazine and there's a beautiful amenity made out of pastry of a sailing boat. You know, that's just a very crude example, but that's the sort of thing that we try to do uh, day in, day out. Yeah, and I, I actually experienced it recently on a, a trip to Penny Hill Park. Lovely handwritten note for, it was my wife's birthday, uh, with a, uh, there was a, a, a little cake on arrival. And, you know, it doesn't sound like a massive thing, but when you walk through the bedroom door and there's a little surprise that you're not expecting, I just think it puts you in the absolutely in the right frame of mind. I think it, if you're having a crap day up till that point, it changes everything. And therefore it has such a wonderful impact on the rest of your stay because you they've put you in the right place mentally. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. So I used to work at Penny Hill Park and we used to do all the handwritten cards all the time and everyone just used right. to love it. So then when I went obviously to my new job now, it was obviously front of house manager, I've just introduced it now for all our event organisers and anyone that's got a special occasion now that I do a handwritten note from myself that says, if you need anything at all during your stay, please come and find me or one of my team. And it's just almost every single guest that's had it so far has been like, oh, thank you so much for the card. Like, it's so nice. And like you said, it just almost sets the stay off right. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Andrew, you were going to say something. Just along the lines of uh, when you said 
you know, somebody's had a crap day. We've had experience of that where people arrive and you know that they've had a really tough day in the office. Uh, so by the time they've got to the bedroom and they've just got in, there's a knock on the door and then somebody stood outside with a tray with a glass of champagne on it saying, here, it's been a rough day. And uh, yeah. the appreciation of something like that and the, the fact that you empower your staff to make it happen quickly. I think that's the, there shouldn't be too much pre-thought or almost pre-prescribed uh, activity that everything's a, a little bit more spontaneous and uh, the more spontaneous, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Virat, you, do you have anything to add on, on that yes. topic? Uh, in India, we are looking at a new trend which has come in that very large number of properties are opening as a boutique hotels, beautifully designed with a phenomenal amount of special services provided. There are 40 room, 30 room, 35 room, charging $1,500, $1,000, $400 kind of a uh, tariff. And there is a big market for that. So there are certain international chains like Redison and a couple of other who are even willing to give a brand name to them. Uh, up till now, they, uh, the policy of the international hotel chains are to manage the hotels in India. But with this boutique hotels coming in, because they all the boutique hotels, they are doing so well in India because the service is very good. We uh, Small things matter. And uh, that is the reason Southeast Asia does so well. Hong Kong, Bangkok, these places, uh, they have the best hotels in the world. And they, they go into minute details. I remember I have a, my own experience when I opened Regent Hotel. Our specifications were so detailed that the guest, when he came next time, we knew exactly what he wanted to eat, what he wanted to get ready, how the butler was required. Everything was there. And we could ask for any tariff and they were willing to give. Yeah. So you see, in India, you will see a lot of new boutique hotels coming up. I've been consulting to uh, at least seven, eight properties in Rajasthan, and uh, they are all looking for a tariff of over six hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. Well, and as you said, you know, the, the the market is there. People will pay it because they are looking to i think there's there's just sort of there's some simple things simple basics that people are looking for when they're going for a stay somewhere that certainly that this is the metric that i apply is if i'm going to be paying money for something it has to be better than my own house that's kind of the, the first rule and um and i'm also i'm scottish so you can uh, imagine that you know that metric is pretty high and you know and then it's how you're made to feel when you're there and these things are massively important, especially when you're charging, as you say, you know, six hundred dollars a night for for an experience. That's not, you know, not a, a, an insignificant amount of money. Um, so there also has to be this: how do you bring value to that? Yes. Anyway, I'm kind of taking us off topic here. This is very interesting, though. I could sit and talk to you guys about this topic for forever. But um, what's I mean, bringing it back to our kind of look forward anybody else and feel anybody can just jump in here anybody else seeing any other trends or anything that you anticipate is going to play a part in 2022 um i think that the um platinum jubilee is going to be one of the really big events for this year that i feel like a lot of businesses are really going to jump on and make it a really like big lots of people um like mass being together like really big event for this year 
Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that that, that doesn't come along that often, does it? Uh, like ever, really. So yeah, that's going to be a, a massive. And and you know, I have a feeling that they're going to make that as celebratory as they can. Up and down. There's already talks in my local community here about street parties and you know the community coming together to to celebrate it. We've even ha- had uh, local allotments uh, have planted. I think it was seventy trees actually in that that, that are now known as the uh, Queen Elizabeth trees or something like that. You know, so there's already this feeling towards people are are. It's not like we need much excuse to go celebrate, is it? Actually, we look for things to celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew, you were going to say something. <laughs> As always. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the year ahead for us, I mean, the big, big focus for us is people and environment. And I think we've made two key appointments here at the Harry. We've got now a sustainability coordinator and we've got a well-being coordinator. So two appointments that I've never had in a hotel before, but I think it's one of the things that we've pondered on over the last couple of years. We've had a lot of time for reflection. And I think, you know, absolutely getting some kind of serious accreditation here for our sustainability and, and making us a much cleaner, greener business is, is real priority. And I think it should be across the whole of hospitality. And then secondly, well-being. You know, so many people, and I think that's the key word for me this year is people. Um, we were very lucky to keep a lot of our people uh, that um, went through the whole lockdown process. Uh, but here we are now that, you know, mental well-being is is so critical and businesses need to sort of wake up to that and understand yeah. it and know how to deal with it. But also from a well-being perspective, just looking at why would I come and work in hospitality? Uh, you know, there's been lots of reasons not to in the last few years. So right now we're looking at packages of benefits. Uh, you know, what are all the add-ons that you can start to offer people that come to work here? And, uh, and I hope we're pioneering some 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 good practice here. And uh, I think that that's really the way the industry is going to start to sort of move forward as uh, the, the next months uh, come along. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I think those two things you've mentioned are, are front and center for most businesses. And if they're not, they should be, for sure. I mean, the, the business is nothing without its people. We need to be looking after the people that come in and work in our spaces. That's That shouldn't be negotiable. Um, and uh, s- sustainability. And yeah, and I good, think looking uh, for people... Oh, sorry. Please no, go, go on, Virat. All I was going to say was just looking for people in places we've not looked before either. Yeah. You know, and across all sorts of different uh, areas, potentially people who've never worked in hospitality before, people who've got criminal records, people who've worked in the armed forces. You know, there are all sorts of other areas that we can start to focus our, our, our views on recruitment. Totally. Vera, on you go. Yeah, actually, in last two years, the way the promoters have taken uh, has handled their staff, trained staff, we find very large number of trained professionals have gone away from the hospitality industry, and they got into some other kind of business or maybe their own business. So this there's a big shortage of good, trained, well manpower, and that is one of the reasons we are finding the quality of service getting affected all over India. Now, I have mentioned this in one of my blogs also. I feel that that is going because of that we did not support our staff at the time where they needed the support. We will see the wage bills going up very high in next to couple of years because yep. 
the trained people are becoming lesser and lesser. More hotels are opening. You know, at the moment, a brand like Radisson has over 150 hotels in India. They have become the number one hotel chain in the in India today. And every international hotel is opening. I know myself at least 100 projects which are going on. So, and the manpower is very limited. They are very disillusioned with the, the promoters because they did not take care of them those two years without job. Or even if the people were working, they were given half half the money what they they were paid. So all that mattered. And very little was contributed by the government to help them out on that. So there's going to be tough time as far as managing of the hotels are concerned. And this will, in a way, it is good for the manpower. They, at least they'll get better salaries. Yeah, and, and sometimes we're kind of at a pivotal point, I think. We've had... Um a situation whereby it's really put the 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 well-being of people front and center and a part of that is the is how they're paid you know versus for the work that the and the time that they give up to to come and work in our spaces and i think it, it it's one of those situations whereby it probably feels like it's going to get worse before it gets better yes but that's you know i think we can all well hopefully we can all agree that it will get better it will you know you you improve the working conditions you improve the overall service. You improve the business capability, the you know, and the the ability for a business to then make a positive impact. And it's a you know, again, it's an upward cycle uh, of positivity. And we're at the pivotal point of making making that happen. And I can already see it here in the UK uh, that salaries are on the the up and up. And that's um, you know, that's one piece of the jigsaw. Sometimes I don't think there's a lot of strategy behind that, but uh, that's probably a topic for another another day. But yeah, we, we've got to go through some tough times to get to the better times. That is so true. Was that, was that too negative a point to leave it there? <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. No, the fact remains that your next two years are going to be the best years in hospitality industry for a long time. And I feel we should all get ready to be able to receive the boom which is coming in and take care of it well so it continues for a longer period of time. I think here, here. I think it's also important to obviously as an industry keep that excitement, keep that like we love working in the hospitality industry because that then will show across to people wanting to join the industry. So if we don't have that excitement, people joining the industry won't have that excitement either. So I think it's really important to keep that high energy within the industry and keep moving forward with the um, industry of hospitality like we currently are. Fantastic. That's a, a wonderful way to, to summarise. I'm definitely getting you on more podcasts, Jess. <laughs> Bring, keep bringing that positive energy. But I agree with you. I, you know, there's no point in getting down in the dumps about the, the the bad stuff that happens. Bad stuff happens all the time. We've got it's how you react to it and how you you stand tall and how you change and evolve. Um, and the fact, you know, that Andrew mentioning there as well that you now hire somebody to focus on sustainability and you hire somebody to focus on staff well-being. That right there is business evolution, and it's important that businesses continue to evolve that people continue to evolve because challenges are always going to be there uh, of some description. But I also agree with Vera. I think we're, we haven't yet fully recovered from COVID from a business perspective. That's yet to come. So good times are coming. I think 
we, we, we absolutely believe in your optimism and it's, it's it, we're, not, we're never going to get where we need to be without positivity, optimism and, uh, and drive. And, uh, you know, there's still further challenges to come. But I think what we've learned over the last couple of years is that we're resilient and uh, we know how to cope. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and that strikes me as a, a wonderfully positive way to wrap this up. Andrew, Jess and Virat, thank you so much for your time. I think there's some wonderful snippets of advice and, and ideas in there. And um, yeah, I, I wish you all the very best for the rest of 2022 and beyond. Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you very much. And I, on behalf of India, I invite all of you to come to India and visit us. Done. Sold. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I'll be on the next flight. <laughs> yeah, please. Nice one. Take care, guys. Thanks very much. Thank Take you care. so much. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm in. Today's I'm episode in. of I'm In was brought to you by Caterer.com and covered a look ahead to 2022 with Jess Oliver, AIH, Andrew Coney, FIH, and Virat Varma, FIH. As always, branding and artwork by Sonia Cresswell, AIH, and music by Leon Williams, MIH. To say I'm in and feature on a future episode, contact phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org. And to find out more about the Institute of Hospitality or to join our hospitality family, please click the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and join us again soon for the next episode of I'm In, where we'll be talking about business and personal evolution.